On today's episode, we go over the NBA Finals Game 3 of the Heat snatched the game. We look forward to Game 4, see if they can tie up the series, and we review Week 4 of the NFL. A lot of crazy stuff happened this week. The Vikings actually won a game. Yeah, yeah, let's just cue the intro. This man was a bona fide scrub. Today is Tuesday, October 6th. Welcome to the Bonafide Scrubs Podcast. I'm Will Swanky, joined, of course, by Noah Levine. Noah and I, we both checked our phones late on Sunday, and we realized that the NBA Finals was going on, and the Miami Heat had actually taken the Los Angeles Lakers into the fourth quarter tied. And, of course, in Game 3 of the Finals, the Heat able to come out on top. Even after a long day of football, we really did not pay attention, but realized that the Heat, you know, they actually got a game, something we didn't know would be possible. So, Noah, how did you feel about this uh, Game 3 win for the Heat? Do you think it gives you any confidence going forward about their ability to actually win a series? Um, they played well. I mean, I didn't really watch the game until the fourth quarter. But, I mean, Jimmy Butler, what a game for him. He outplayed both LeBron and Anthony Davis. He had 40 points. 11 rebounds, 13 assists, Olenek at 17, Bam and Drogic didn't even play in this game. Actually, game four is tonight, Will. So do you think that he could tie up the series? I mean, they might be getting Bam back for that game. Well, it is it is difficult to know because without Bam and Drogic on the court, you know, we especially thought that they would get blown out and they were able to win. So that really is a problem for the Lakers. I know Jimmy was saying, you know, you're in trouble after he was able to take them down with basically just himself. And, uh, you know, a couple guys stepping up. But we got to look at the box score for the Lakers in this game. And Anthony Davis, you know, he only had 15 points. We've been saying it all postseason that with Anthony Davis, if he ends up having a bad game, it's really difficult for the Lakers to win. And LeBron, I mean, he had 25, 10, and 8. So he had a pretty uh, typical performance. But if Davis does not turn his performances around, it is going to be more difficult for them to win. Now, do I think he's going to come out and not score 30 points in this game? No, I, I doubt it. I bet he's going to be realizing that he has to take a million shots and crack a, a 30, 35 points for them to be able to win, and he can easily do that. But the fact is that he didn't do it in Game 3, and they lost. And even with good performances from Kyle Kuzma and Markeith Morris, both of them having 19, uh, it just was not enough for the Lakers to win. So... Do I think that they'll be able to turn it around? And do I think that Davis will come out and play to his typical self? Yes, I do. But if he just miraculously has a bad game or isn't on that night, uh, we know that it is going to be a problem going forward. And the Heat, you know, if they get their better players back, uh, we'll see how they're able to build. They definitely got a little bit of hope and a little bit of momentum after this Game 3 win. Yeah, definitely. I mean, AD, uh, he's definitely going to score 30 points the next game. I mean, he just took a night off, it seemed like. LeBron, he didn't play that well, but Mark Markeith Morris, I don't know how he's doing it, but he had 19 in this game. Kuzma had 19, but then the other role players for the Lakers were horrendous. That's what it's supposed to be. I don't know. The Lakers came down to earth this game. I mean, I still expect them to win the series. I don't think Jimmy Butler is going to score 40 every game and have a triple-double. That's what they kind of needed to win, but if, Dra- if Bam comes back and Drogic makes his way back into the lineup, they could they could challenge them, maybe win a- another game or two. But 
I don't know, but it's funny. Well, um, another role player actually played in this game for the Lakers. J.R. Smith got finals minutes. <laughs> in five minutes, he had three points. Yeah, I don't, I don't know why he deserves finals minutes. The last time we saw him on this stage, he basically threw away LeBron's fourth title in game one of the Warriors series. So, yeah, five minutes. I guess he can't do that much damage in five minutes. No, exactly not. And did you see the petition on Twitter that um, some Lakers fans started? Uh, it was, so if Kuzma, if the Lakers win, Kuzma doesn't get a ring. <laughs> and Kuzma heard about this in the press conference. He said, I don't give a bleep about it. That's pretty funny. Like a thousand people signed it already. Nobody wants Kuzma to get a ring. Yeah, I mean, I'll sign it. <laughs> it's I don't know, I, it's I should, just funny that. Yeah, nobody likes Kuzma. Yeah, I don't. I I don't know why. I mean, Lakers fans, you'd figure, would just stand all their players, but I guess even they don't like Kuzma, which is is pretty funny. But going back to Jimmy for a second, I mean, yeah, he had forty points, uh, over ten rebounds, over twelve assists, thirteen for him in this game. That's pretty uh, like pretty great for for a player we didn't really expect coming into the year to have as much impact as he has. I mean, he's only the third player in NBA Finals history to have a 40-point triple-double. I think LeBron is the other one, and Jerry West also has had a 40-point triple-double. So, Jimmy, he's having some all-time performances in this series so far, and we said uh, in our preview that he would need to do this in, in order for them to have a chance. And without Bam, without Dragic, uh, I didn't think even a performance like this could help them win. But, you know, he, he got it done, and I respect him because when your your other counterparts are out, it could be pretty easy for you to say, all right, well, the guys I'm playing with, they don't stand a chance. The Lakers, they have LeBron, everything about that team. They're the number one seed. You can just count yourself out. And Jimmy, you know, he, he definitely is, is a tough kind of player. His, his mentality definitely is strong, and he was able to get, get a game three win. So they have the momentum at the moment. Can they can they even the series? Well, I get, we're going to have to talk a little bit more seriously then if it's actually two to two, but... Uh, for now, they just got their consolation win, and we'll see uh, if the Lakers can close it out. Yeah, definitely. And, and also, it's funny, game two, I saw that was the lowest-rated finals game ever, and I didn't watch a single second of it well. Like, that was the first finals game maybe in my lifetime. I didn't watch the entire thing from start to finish. It it got only 1.6 million viewers, I think, at its peak, game two. And a random BYU college football game got 1.8 million viewers on ESPN that night. So... Why do you think people aren't watching the finals? Is it because of the bubble, the the fan, there's no fans, or just like it got kind of got boring? Or is it because there's football going on at the same time and baseball? Well, it's a good question. And we've been talking about it, you know, with our friends and things off the uh, off the show. But I brought it up at the beginning that we kind of I didn't even really know that game three was happening on that Sunday. I'm sort of locked into football every week now. So I kind of just focus on that. But I think it is a combination of just a lot of things going on at once. I mean, we've known for a while that all the sports were going to kind of peak as we got to this point in the year. But also, I don't know, I think basketball might actually be the worst sport to not have fans at. I think what we've learned yeah. over watching, you know, the sports that I care about, which are football and baseball and basketball, that baseball, I kind of didn't mind having nobody there. It kind of didn't really impact uh, the gameplay that much in football. It didn't. It doesn't impact it from like a, a watching on TV perspective as much as I expected it to. So maybe, I don't know. Maybe that that just plays into the fact that they're playing on their actual fields. You know those sports, and while basketball is kind of in a strange 
uh, neutral environment with a kind of boring court. And it's just kind of weird seeing everybody like all spread out on the bench and it's not really conducive to like a fun broadcast experience, but I don't know, maybe just not having people in the stands for a basketball game is, is the most detrimental and people just aren't having as much fun watching it because of that. Yeah, I think you're right. I think just not having fans, there's not much momentum shifts in the games either that much. I mean, the players, I mean, AD looked like he took a night off. Like the players probably aren't even energized just playing it. They're basically playing in a practice facility, Jim, if you think about it. But it's being broadcast and stuff. Maybe they just, they aren't having as fine. I remember LeBron complained about not having fans there earlier in the bubble when they were losing, but. Yeah, it's it's definitely interesting. Football, I mean, I would think it would need fans, but I mean, a lot of college football venues have been having a decent amount of fans and, and also the Cowboys in the NFL. I don't know, it really doesn't matter because the crowd noise they pump in is so fu- great. Like, I actually thought the, the Broncos gets Thursday night game when we talked about it on the show. Well, I thought it, the boos were real. Like, I li- it sounded real. Like, I thought they were booing and like there's the cheering was real. The Fox crowd, the Fox noise they pumped in. Yeah, and they figured out, I think the NFL has figured out the best out of all the sports to when to like play the fake noise at the most appropriate times. Like yeah. the officials will, will make a call and they'll they'll turn on their mic and, and like read it to they're talking to no one. They're just talking to the teams and to the broadcast. And the the artificial noise will like they'll boo if it's a call against the home team and they're they'll cheer if it's against the away team. Like they actually figured out how to make it seem pretty normal. Like if I just closed my eyes and didn't think about it. I definitely think it was just a normal game. So at least the NFL seemed to figure out how to navigate uh, an empty arena or an empty stadium rather uh, pretty well. And yeah, I don't know. Maybe the NBA finals just is low energy. Maybe the the, the teams are sick of being there. You know, this is heat Lakers, uh, a matchup we pretty much never expected. So it's a mismatch for one team. Maybe if it was Giannis Giannis LeBron, there would be a little bit more energy from the players. There would be a little bit more, Excitement oh, so you, from, all, you always got to throw in Giannis on the show. You always got to put Giannis in there. Look, what would the most exciting matchup be in the finals? It would be that. So the Clippers uh, against some team. Clippers, Clippers, the Bucks. Bucks maybe. Again, it would have been the most exciting. So that's for Celtics would have been interesting. It's probably probably just a mixture of everything going on. The players probably are sick of it. We're probably getting a little bit tired of it. It's not a matchup that we particularly wanted and it's not a matchup that anybody really thinks the one team has a chance in so if we get to you know if it gets to a 2-2 series or that he take the lead in the series or it's something like that that's pretty dramatic you know maybe people will start to care again i mean i'll watch a game seven of the series it doesn't really matter yeah. to me i'll be entertained by that but up to this i might watch point, game four if it, since it's tonight on tuesday it might be game, I'll, i might watch game four honestly if there's nothing else that i care about on yeah, I mean, it, it definitely makes it more entertaining with with one team getting a win finally. So, yeah, maybe that'll be the the ratings boost they need. All right, well, why don't we get to our week four recap in the NFL? All the games going on this week. We didn't know uh, what certain games are going to have happened due to Corona. There's a lot of positive tests in, in two games. Those games for us have not happened yet. They're taking place on Monday. This will be out a day later, so we won't waste any time on that. I would assume that the Chiefs have won. That the Packers have won those games, so those probably have happened. But Noah, let's start with a game that was closer than most of us thought it was going to be. The Seahawks down there in Miami playing against Fitz and the Dolphins. It was a dramatic game. It was a one-possession game for pretty much the entire time until the end when uh, the Seahawks were able to pull away. 
Yeah, I mean, the, the Seahawks defense, they played their best game of the season, I think. They, they allowed five field goals and only one touchdown. Fitz got a r- garbage-time rushing touchdown. They got two picks. I mean, I, I, I kept saying it. I said it last week. As long as they're able to force turnovers and hold and play good red zone D, they should be able to win most of their games by the defense not showing up. Jamal did not play in this game. The rookie linebacker, Jordan Brooks, did not play in this game. They're missing some players. Carson was able to go. He had two touchdowns. He looked great. And Russell Wilson let Russ cook 360 yards, two touchdowns. He threw a bad interception, but Metcalf had over 100 yards. So this is a great game. The Seahawks are 4-0, and they move on to week five to face your Vikings well. I know. A game that we look forward to every year, and the NFL knows, we've talked about it before, that they know that we are both fans of these teams, and they put it on national TV every single year, and they put it in Seattle every single year. So I don't know. It's going a Sunday to the night year, game, yeah. Going into the year, it looked like to be a promising game, but as the Vikings have shown earlier this year, they are not the caliber team that the Seahawks are. But, you know, they got to win this week. We'll get to them in a second. But I don't know. It's still fun every time. The Seahawks did not look great against uh, Miami, and the Vikings looked a lot better. So two teams might be heading in opposite directions as we head to a Week 5 matchup that, uh, you know, I'll be looking forward to on Sunday night. Next game, the football team, they hosted the Ravens, and the Ravens won 14 Lamar had a crazy 50-yard run in this game. And you, one of your, your fantasy flop of the week was McLaurin. And it seems like he's matchup-proof. He had over 100 yards and he had 10 catches in this game. It seems like Haskins just force-feeds him the ball every time they're on offense. Haskins had over 300 yards. Rushing touchdown. He didn't look that bad, but it's just tough because the Ravens are one of the best teams in the NFL. But Football team, no match for the Ravens. They, the Ravens bounced back after their loss to the Chiefs. McLaurin, I mean, yeah, I owned him in a in the league. I picked him as the flop anyway. I started him regardless of my pick, and uh, he did do uh, very well, as you already pointed out. But, yeah, the football team is just not good enough to, to beat the Baltimore Ravens. Lamar, he came back. He had a 50-yard rushing touchdown, and he is looking like a little bit of a running back to start. This he threw year. a pick in this know. game. Yeah, he has not looked good throwing the football uh, in early 2020, so... Well, we're going to keep an eye on that and see how he, he does as we go forward. But, yeah, they got a nice win here. And, uh, you know, they are one of the most talented teams in the league. So it's just easy for them against the football team. Yeah, definitely. Not much to talk about there. One game which we were completely wrong on, I think both of us were, the Chargers at the Bucks. Um, the Buccaneers won 38-31. We did not think there'd be this many points scored. You said the Chargers would win. Last week's show, you convinced me they could win. I said, Yeah, why not? Maybe they can win. They could cover seven, two. But Tampa Bay had five touchdowns. He threw a pick six, and the Chargers were up what, like two scores? I was like, Yeah, wow. Looks like we're going to be right. The Buccaneers are not looking good today. No Godwin. But Brady had five touchdowns, and he was my flop. Completely missed on that. He was awesome <laughs> yeah, in that game. Not doing so well with those picks. Scotty Miller, your man, Scotty Miller, had 83 yards and a touchdown this game. Yeah, I, he's he really has never had a bad game. He just he got he dropped that one touchdown the week that I had to start him and he got three points. And then the other week, every single week, he's gotten like double digits. But it's that one time, he would have been fine because he dropped the touchdown. I will never never add him again because of that. But he continues to do well with the other receivers out. And yeah, this game, the Chargers' prediction by me did not look to be so cold to start. I mean, the first quarter they were up or not the first quarter, like the first half, they were up 28-14, to 14 and it looked like Herbert was on his way to outdueling Brady, but the GOAT just showed up in the second half and, and obviously dominated with five TDs. 
Herbert continues to impress. I mean, he had 290 yards and three touchdowns in this game. He threw a pick. Uh, Joff Swart, Goff Swart, yeah. <laughs> Joff Schwartz or Goff Schwartz, whatever his name is. NFL. G- I don't know. Jeff? I, I don't know. Jeff. Jeff Schwartz, uh, Mitchell Schwartz's brother on, on Fox. He does college football, but he, he tweeted out today that Justin Herbert's been playing better than Joe Burrow this year. Nobody's talking about that. So what do you think of that, Will? Do you think Herbert is up to par with Burrow? Herbert's been playing. He's played well in all three games. Why would you go back to the Tyrod? Yeah, I guess the difference is our expectation for Burrow are much higher. What it, what it has, it, well, it's been what it has been so far. So we expected him to come in and look yeah. pretty great, and he, he's lived up to our, like, you know, our first three or four game expectations so far. While as with Herbert, we didn't even know if he'd be on the field at this point, and he sort of just come in, and uh, you know, he's been as good as he has. So. I think people, it's not worth overstating how good Herbert's been. I mean, he's been fine, but I, I think these things will even out over time. It seems like with Burrow, this is what we we expect to get, and we're getting it every single week. And with Herbert, we kind of just don't know yet. It's just been sort of unexpected him showing up. So we'll continue to see how it goes. If we get to the you know week twelve and this is still going on, then uh, Maybe the Chargers really did make a great pick with taking Herbert, and I don't expect him to be giving up the job to Tyrod anytime soon, but I think only a couple more games uh, will tell if we can figure out how good he really is. Defenses will start to figure him out, and you know, he, now he lost Austin Eckler, so that's a big weapon for him. Yeah, he's going to gonna be out down. four to six weeks for Eckler. Joshua Kelly, he's been a great backup all year, the third-round rookie. So he's going to get a lot of work. And Justin Jackson's going to get into the running back rotation. He's been rotting on my fantasy bench. So maybe he'll just take yeah, the Joshua. Know. Maybe he'll I just take no the Joshua Kelly. Because now he's going to have the Joshua Kelly role. Okay, well, you got out. lucky with an injury now, but you really held on to him for this long just to yeah, the Eckler goes because, down. Because uh, I didn't know at the start of the season, I thought Justin Jackson would be Eckler's backup. And they liked him last year. Uh, and, but I guess Joshua Kelly just impressed Anthony Lynn in camp and he was better than jackson i don't know but that's definitely a situation to monitor all right how about the browns at the cowboys this was a crazy game the browns were up like 30 points the whole game and the cowboys came storming back but they still ended up losing like a lot of cowboys games i feel like they're always down 20 points in the first half yeah well it hasn't really been any reflection on their offense they scored you know 38 points or whatever in this game so dak my mvp pick dak he he was great he had 500 yards, four touchdowns. He did have that one interception at the end of the game, which sort of just sealed it, and it was sort of in garbage time. It didn't really mean anything, but he definitely has looked outstanding, and uh, that is you know, because he has so many great weapons, and maybe because their defense has looked absolutely terrible. They surrendered almost 50 points to a Browns offense, which scored six in week one, and people thought it was going to be a disaster for them, so They've turned it around. They're three and one, and the Cowboys. You know they sit tied at the bottom of the NFC least at one and three. That division continues to be horrible, and uh, they continue to get outdueled uh, by teams. If you think about it, if they didn't have that just lucky onside kick win against Atlanta, they would have zero wins. They would be uh, tied with the Jets and the Giants for for winless teams. So. Uh, it has not been a good start to the year for Dallas. Dak has been good, so he's playing through uh, sort of the terrible start. But, uh, yeah, they're going to have to figure things out on defense if they're going to compete. It's kind of like the Vikings, what they're dealing with. Yeah, the, the defense has been awful for the Cowboys. Amari Cooper, 12 receptions, 134 yards, and a touchdown. He is the number one fantasy receiver 
now pending Calvin Ridley's performance. But yeah, I drafted two of the best receivers in the league, and I got made fun of from drafting Amari Cooper. You liked Robert Woods. I mean, what has Robert Woods done this season? Amari Cooper is just – they throw 100 times to Cowboys. Yeah, I mean, I, I probably was wrong. So, you know, good for you. Through the first four weeks, you have two pretty good receivers. The, the one – I always thought Ridley was good. I never made fun of you for that. But with Cooper, the one thing that I would say even now to combat that point is CeeDee Lamb at five catches – 80 yards, two touchdowns. They can all Gallup, coexist. If, Gallup had a bad game, but he Gallup's had was multiple ex- bad games. He was excellent last week. He had over 100 yards. He had a touch. He had a long touchdown. So the point is, with Cooper, you took him like the third round or whatever. You could just get one of these other Cowboys receivers and have a similar value and have them do similar things for you every week. So the it wasn't that Cooper was a bad pick or is a terrible player. But just the value, you think about it, you could have had Lamb way later on your bench and doing random things on your bench, and you could have picked a different receiver and had the best of both. So that was my point with, with Cooper being a bad draft pick. But I think that's wrong so far, because Gallup's only had one good game. Amari Cooper, Amari Cooper clearly is the number one there in an offense where they throw 50 times a game. He had 12 catches. Yeah, you could say Lamb's cool. He's late, cool, late value. But Amari is consistently going to get the most points. He's had 16-plus fantasy points in every game so far. He's the only receiver on the Cowboys to do that. So, And, yeah, they're scheming a lot of routes for Amari that get him a lot of those short catches and stuff. So that's great for me. Jarvis, my feature of the week. I mean, he only had five catches, 48 yards, but he threw a touchdown. So I guess we'll take that as a win. <laughs> that's like 15 fantasy points. Yeah, and talk about the Odell he breakout. The Odell. I mean, he, went, he went berserk in this game. He had the game-winning touchdown for the the Browns. He ran it down the sideline uh, off a of schemed run, off a of schemed end around for him, and he went, you know, all the way. So he definitely had an insane game, and uh, he made the Cowboys pay. The Cowboys always seem to get torched by Odell. He had his breakout game with the one-handed catch against them. So I guess he he shows out against Dallas. The Browns, they're three and one through four games. A lot better. Mayfields look better. Their running game is better. Unfortunately, Chubb got hurt for six weeks that's really bad but they still kareem hunt they're gonna be fine with the running game i mean browns my they were one of my playoff teams they play the colts next week actually at home the browns they could be realistically it could they could be four and one heading into pittsburgh week six i mean are, are people are we gonna have to start saying the browns are actually legit i mean they've been some bad teams they beat the Bengals and the football team but i don't know i don't know what to make to this team is this team gonna win nine or ten games i don't know yet I hope they do. Yeah, well, the loss of Chubb definitely, uh, you know, it puts a clamping on their offense, the way they like to run it with the two backs. Hunt is going to step into that role, and he's going to be a crazy, uh, you know, anybody who owns him in fantasy uh, is going to be going insane for the next six weeks because he is just going to be blowing up every single game. You have to imagine that he's going to be, you know, an RB1 every single week. So good for people who took him. Um yeah, it's funny. I mean, since their week one game against the Ravens where people were freaking out, us included, saying they look so terrible, they really flipped a switch. And Stefanski's offense looks great. Baker looks a lot better. Their receivers are getting more involved. Beckham has had two nice games since then. So, yeah, maybe they're figuring out how to use all their weapons and coexisting with all of them. And this game against the Colts is going to be interesting. I think it will be probably a slow-paced low scoring game the browns are going to look to control the ball and just 
um, keep possession for as long as possible. But the Colts defense is, you know, ranked one of the best in the league so far. So that's an exciting game week six, I think. And, uh, you know, we'll see two teams that have definitely uh, overachieved thus far. If you asked me at the beginning of the year, I definitely didn't think the Browns and the Colts were going to be as good as they have been. So, yeah, uh, an, in- an interesting matchup next week. Definitely. Well, one of the Saints lines the next game, that was both of our locks, and they covered easily the Saints. That was that was pretty good. They were down 14 nothing. I got a little worried, but they came back and won pretty easily in that game. Trey Quan had two touchdowns. Kamara and Murray, the two-headed backfield, they did their job, but there's not much to say about this game. The Saints won with a lot of injuries. Michael Thomas didn't play. They're looking to get back on track. Yeah, and just to mention for Alvin Kamara, I mean, he is – Looked like the best weapon in football to start this year. Four weeks in, he's got seven touchdowns. That's more than he had all of last year. I know you. Yeah, I had him had last him year. Third overall him. in fantasy last year. <laughs> but he, I think, I think Moss picked him third overall in our league, our main league. Seventh year. I think he went like seventh? sixth or seventh. No, Moss picked yeah. before me. He he had the third pick and he picked. No, he didn't. Alvin Kamara. He, yes, no, he did. Kamara was drafted right before me. What? Yeah, the fifth pick was Michael Thomas. Justin no, picked Cook pick, right before you. The fifth pick was Zeke. I picked Zeke fifth. Yeah, Justin took Cook right before you. Yeah, so who had the third pick? Oh, Pat, Pat. picked Clyde. Clyde. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so that that's a blunder by any all of them. I mean, Justin, he picked Cook and traded him away. So that's a, that's well, a yeah, What purpose does that serve? Him. It doesn't serve any. But getting back on track... Alvin Kamara, more touchdowns than he's had last year already through four weeks. He's insane. I mean, without Michael Thomas there, he is the Saints' number one receiver. And against the Packers, he had 10 catches. Uh, He just can do it all on the field, clearly, and uh, is one of the most talented running backs in the NFL. And Noah, Alvin Kamara, he was a third-round draft pick. Other players like Dalvin Cook were second-round draft picks. They have looked better than players like Saquon Barkley, who were taken second overall. And um, Aaron later. Jones, Aaron Jones was a fifth round pick, and he looks like the best running back in football right now. Clearly, uh, taking a running back when you need a quarterback, especially like the Giants did uh, in that draft, not a good decision uh, when you're picking in the top three. No, and Carson was a seventh round pick, and look what he does week to week for the Seahawks. Yeah, know your value. Don't take don't take running backs uh, very early. Zeke went fourth. The Cowboys seem to have gotten lucky. They picked Fournette Dak was in whatever the fourth, fourth round, pick. but. Fournette was like the fourth pick in 2017. Look now, look at him. He's gone and rotting on the Buccaneers bench. Yeah. Rojo is playing better than him. The Bears and Colts. This I didn't I didn't watch a second of this game. I didn't care about this game. Like pretty boring teams. The Bears finally lost. There's not much to say there. Allen Robinson over 100 yards and a touchdown. Like honestly, he if he had a like an actual good quarterback, like year to year, he'd probably be like a top three receiver in the league. He always switched to 100 yards with whoever at quarterback. It's sort of like how Hopkins was a few years ago before Watson arrived. Remember Hopkins, how good he was with Tom Savage at QB and Osweiler? He would still put up stats. That's how I feel like Allen Robinson has been the past couple of years with these bad quarterbacks. But anyways, the Colts won. They were one of your locks. I think you went three for three on your picks. Colts, Bills, I I am Saints, now six and six, I'm now six, six and straight. zero. Six straight. The last two weeks. You're still behind me because the Bengals. I I went two for three again. Arizona. They they played really bad against the Panthers, but we'll yeah. talk about that later. No, yeah, but going to your point about Allen Robinson, they're not doing him any favors by winning games. I mean, they're three and one. 
if they were going to go be terrible and you know be as bad as they probably should be, they could be they could put themselves in position to actually draft the quarterback pretty highly this year. But they've ended up winning all their games. They, they could have signed Cam. Atlanta. Yeah, like I mean, look when you you're putting your faith in Trubisky, uh, that's just not something that you want to do. And he got benched really early. Foles he had 250 yards. He had a pick. Uh, I guess the the key to making Nick Foles bad is to start him. They they should just go with their t- t- a two headed QB. They should start Trubisky and get whatever they can out of him, and then bring Foles in, in the second half to be clutch and uh, see if they can win games that way because that seems to be the best formula for teams with Nick Foles than how to use him. Nineteen eleven. This was this was an ugly game. Yeah, they need to get a quarterback, the Bears. If they had Cam Newton, maybe they'd be better. But, you know, they're 3-1 and one magically, so maybe they don't care that much about Cam not signing Cam Newton or, or getting a quarterback like that. But uh, Jonathan Taylor, well, I mean, he is not that good. I, th- I think you overhyped him a little bit, even with the injury. <laughs> he only had 68 yards in this game. Hines got nine carries. Wilkins got nine carries. Taylor got 17, obviously, he's the number one back. But he only got one target in this game. Like, Taylor, he just he just ain't it. He just ain't it what you thought he was going to be with Mac being injured so far. Well, he's, the Colts are worse. stupid. They're stupid. They don't utilize him. They give Jordan Wilkins a third-string running back, nine carries a game. Naheem Hines should not be getting nine carries either. He should be getting two, and he should be catching the ball because that's what he does. But they just have to utilize Taylor because he honestly – may be their best weapon out there to utilize. And Philip Rivers, only 190 yards. They only scored 19 yeah, he's, points. He's, he's terrible. He's terrible. This team, they're 3-1, and one, but they... It's because it their defense. It was a slog of a game. It was, it was horrible. They need to start utilizing Taylor because he is one of their most talented players. And 17 carries, I mean, yeah, the Bears' front line is pretty decent. So he, didn't, he wasn't able to get anything going there, really. But in the receiving game... He he has the potential to really, you know, catch the football and just be a playmaker, even if it's not out of the backfield. So I think if he's getting you know twenty five touches a game, that's a much much more useful uh, use for Jonathan Taylor. So they play the Browns next week. It's going to be a slow paced game. Uh, I think Taylor should be getting twenty carries in this game. It's going to be back and forth. Two teams that should be running the ball a lot. Uh, so we'll see what happens. Uh, in a game, I mean, the Browns, they look pretty decent against Zeke, but the Cowboys know how to use Zeke. They throw it to him uh, sometimes. They have screens they get him involved in. So the Colts should be really be using Taylor a lot more like that. Colts, the only reason they're 3-1 is because they're defense. They played the Jets, so that's a free win, <laughs> especially when they threw two picks, <laughs> six to steal. And uh, the Bears, I mean, the Bears are just not that. They're okay. Their offense still only 11 points in this game. Colts, I mean, they're and the Vikings, I mean, they really just shut down the Vikings. Offense, stealing, and Cook. they lost that game. So, and made Kirk look awful. So, yeah, the Colts routing their defense, routing an old QB with a good defense strategy. Yeah, they got to, they're not helping themselves either. They're just going to go have a decent record with Rivers and uh, be in position to take some middle tier, mid tier quarterback in the first round if they even want to do that. So, I don't know. I don't know what their game plan is for going forward. All right, moving on to uh, one of your locks that you ended up getting wrong, the Cardinals visiting Carolina. Carolina just absolutely destroyed this Cardinals defense in this game. And uh, they were Bridgewater, in Bridgewater, uh, he kind of had a pretty decent game. You made fun of him to start the year. Yeah, he's 2-2. He two two. To... 
He was able to outduel Kyler Murray. They have two wins, 31 points against the Cardinals defense. Kyler, he had 133 yards in this game. He did have three passing touchdowns, but I mean, come on. What that's like I don't know what he was doing. We make pretty mad for throwing for like a hundred yards. Kyler in the same category here in this game. Teddy, he had over 275 yards and two touchdowns. So he's looked good. Mike Davis replacing McCaffrey has looked pretty good. 80 yards a touchdown. So yeah, and, and Talk about escaping Adam Gaze, Robbie Anderson, eight receptions, 100 yards. Yeah, he's been good like every game this year, I feel like. He might actually be their number one, which is crazy to me. I I didn't think that would happen because they have DJ Moore, but Robbie gets targeted. Maybe Teddy just likes Robbie. I guess we really just – we couldn't make an assumption at all who would be this team's number one because we didn't even know – it was. it's a brand-new quarterback and new coach, so we have no idea what their offense is really going to look like. And I guess Bridgewater really likes Robbie. He likes throwing to him a lot, so – you know what I think it is the Panthers? I think they're better without Christian McCaffrey. What? They're wow. Tuna without. <laughs> they're better. That's a bold pick. Maybe they're better without him secretly. Because they don't have to. Because with McCaffrey, they just decide to throw screens him every single play on offense. And that's not like an effective way to like get your team down the field all the time. They're throwing deep. They're chucking it deep to Robbie over and over again. And it's working. So go for the Panthers. I thought they would win four games. Uh, they're, they, they're already halfway there, so that's bad for me. I thought they'd be the top five worst team in the league. All right, what about, what about the Cardinals? You're definitely excited because as a Seahawks fan, they have dropped two in a row, but you are a Kyler fan. You like this team. He's looked pretty bad against soft defenses in back-to-back weeks. The Panthers defense, not good. You, would ex- you, you would assume they get rolled over by a, a pretty hot offense to start the year, but Kenyon Drake... That's what I thought. Uh, Kenyon Drake only had 35 rushing yards in this game. They're supposed to be Carolina, one of the worst teams against the run. Hopkins, only 41 receiving yards. Uh, he was yards, injured, so Hopkins. He was a little injured, but... He, yeah, he's, he's still not every game. He's been injured every game for every year of his career, and he just he plays through it, and it's always great. So, that... I'm not buying that he was injured, but... Kyler, Kyler I mean... Just not a good game by him. That's just how it I mean, has to be. I mean, three touchdowns, but only 133 yards in the loss. I mean, he had 78 rush yards in this game, so maybe maybe he really is becoming mini Lamar, like midget Lamar. But he's, I don't know. I mean, I like Kyler. I like. I still believe in this offense. Just a bad week, I guess, traveling to Carolina. And I got, Carolina was coming in off a win. They were excited. But, yeah, I mean, Kenyon Drake, he might be bad. He might be bad at football. He hasn't been good once this year. <laughs> I don't know. Kenyon Drake should yeah. be really good for this team. Really, I don't know what's going on with them. It's really strange because he was he played for Miami. He looked decent, and he sort of just like fell off the map randomly. And then he ended up on Carolina somehow, and they made him the starter. And at the you end mean of Arizona, last year, looked, yeah, that's I meant it. I did mean Arizona, but he he ended up there. At the end of last year, he looked outstanding. I think he had you know multiple hundred yard rushing games for the last few games of the year. And coming into the season, you know, he, he's their obvious number one back. And he has looked pretty bad to uh, start every game of this year. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe they're, I mean, the roll line's still not great. But I, I don't know. They should be able to create enough running lanes, running lanes against the bad Panthers defense. So, I don't know. Ken Drake, uh, he's not paying off his ADP at all in fantasy so far. He's sort of late first round ADP or early second round. So, that's bad for those owners. All right, let's talk about your Vikings now, Will. They actually won a game. I didn't think they would win this game, so uh, they, they ended up winning. So Thielen and Cook, they did their job. So what do you want to say about that? 
Yeah, I did pick them to win. Thank God I was rooting for them. And they finally pulled out their first win of the year. So I'm very happy about that, obviously. It really is. They they have looked like a different team since Justin Jefferson has been much more involved in the offense. He had over 100 yards in this game again. So that's back-to-back weeks with 100 yards for him. And he really needs to be in that role if they're going to be successful. This team has always been you know, a two-receiver team uh, with obviously with Diggs. And he was gone, and I wasn't worried about it because Jefferson was going to come in and, and be a deep threat. And he certainly has been that at least through the past two games. So going into week five against your Seahawks, who have a soft defense and have been giving up you know, lots of fantasy points and lots, lots of yards to wide receivers, I expect both him and Thielen, who had another great game, to, uh, to sort of just torch the Seahawks team. So uh, it's, it's going to be interesting next week. Dalvin Cook has looked outstanding. He had a career-high 181 rushing yards against the Titans, who they should have beaten. I mean, they only lost by one. <laughs> they really could have been 2-2. Two and two. It really does make me mad. But he came back in this week and uh, against the Texans' defense that really has not been good. He put up another you know 100-plus uh, yard performance. So offense has been clicking. The defense, it stepped up too. I mean, they were getting some pressure on uh, Deshaun Watson. They finally gave up less than 30 points. So shout out to them. Maybe Zimmer's figuring it out with these players. But uh, yeah, it's going to be a test against Wilson and Seattle next week. So I don't really know what to make of that game. We'll get to that on the Friday show. But I'm just happy that the Vikings are able to win. And the Texans, they have zero wins. They are 0-4. So it's tough stuff. My division them. winner. So yeah, they're they're done. I didn't you know, I didn't look at their schedule and I didn't realize how hard their first four games were. So so before you predict a team to win a division, you should really look at their schedule, FYI, for anyone. I didn't do it. I thought this team <laughs> would just win nine games because I assumed their team was still good enough. It's not, but Paper Mache Will Fuller had over 100 yards and a touchdown. He is doing well every game, too, just like Ridley and Cooper. My, my victory lapping my wide receiver picks this year so far. Yeah, well, Paper Mache Fuller faced the Paper Mache Vikings defense, so I guess... Uh, that's fine paper, with me. Paper on paper... Uh, it cancels each other out. Yeah, no scissors involved involved there. But uh, Vikings, I mean, they got torched by uh, by paper mache. I mean, how are you guys going to stop DK next week and lock it running down the field over and over again? I don't that's know. Gonna, I, uh, that's going to be don't interesting think they game. Can. I don't think they can. <laughs> I mean, look, they they had a pretty off week this week against Miami. So, I mean, that does give me a little bit of hope. Uh, well, they, they were, there was no doubt they were going to win. They still scored 30-plus points. And oh, there was there no was doubt, doubt for me. There was doubt. There was, there was no was doubt seven, for me. It was 17-12, to 12 and Wilson threw a pick. I mean, that's you got to have doubt at that point. Yeah, but uh, we, the defense showed up this game. I don't know. They kept stopping the Dolphins. I just We, we were eventually going to outscore them because their offense is so much better than theirs. Yeah, well... I don't know the the projection for this game, the Vikings Seahawks is going to be. I don't. Who knows what the the over under for points will be? I mean, I imagine it has to be over fifty. Next Sunday night is fifty seven and a half. That is pretty damn yeah, high. I think might, that's the highest game of more, the week. It might be. Yeah, more might than be, that. It's fifty seven and a half. Um. Yeah. I. It wouldn't shock me if both teams scored thirty in this game. The Seahawks are seven point favorites. They're a touchdown favorite at home. I'm surprised. That's, that's so kind of high. It's so interesting. Like the Seahawks and the Vikings for for last decade were has been defensive two of the best teams. Two of the best defenses, you know, we've seen. Both the seven the seventeen eighteen Vikings and then the 
whatever, like the 12, 13 Seahawks, whatever the Legion of Boom sort of years were. So, yeah, you know, both now of those both both, offensive both oriented. the teams have completely changed, and it it doesn't really make any sense. I mean, the Seahawks added Jamal Adams. I know he yeah. was out in the last game, but you know it hasn't really been that much of a change coming from the last at least couple years for Seattle. So they just sort of are bad randomly, and the Vikings, we, they've lost important players, but uh, they've added a couple. You know, Ngakwe and uh, Daniel Hunter will be back next week. So definitely an interesting game coming up. I mean, I mean, both those Vikings and Seahawks, I know why their defenses are bad. They both have one bad unit on their team. I mean, the Vikings secondary is god-awful, and the Seahawks don't have a pass rush that exists to get to the quarterback. You can't call yourself a great defense if you have a bad unit. It's, it's just simple yeah, as Seahawks, that, I think. The Seahawks have been giving up an absurd amount of yards to wide receivers, so you can't tell No, I know. That's just the nature being in shit, but that – but, um, Still not. I wouldn't say it's a bad unit like the pass rush. I mean, they're still they're still getting interceptions and stuff at least. Yeah. And with the Vikings, so yeah. All right. Well, we're gonna be talking about this game all week. It is definitely you know one of our favorite weeks of the year whenever these teams play each other. But moving on to a much more uh, I guess boring game, a game people don't really care about. The Jags at the Bengals, and Joe Burrow got his first win as an NFL player. So congratulations to him. He tweeted out. Winning is fun on Twitter. It got a lot of uh, support and a lot of people uh, interacting with that tweet. But they took down Minshew and the Jags and Mixon. Another, you can just laugh at me all all the time if you want. 151 yards and two touchdowns. He came out and he was crazy. Yeah, he was good. And Burrow, 300 yards. He's the first rookie in NFL history actually to have 300 yards or more in three straight games. So. That's crazy to me, um, and he's covered in every single game so far of his career. So Exotic Joe is not letting people down at all. He, this is one of my locks, and he won easily. Probably my most, one of my most. That was my most confident pick, actually. And the Bengals, they were gonna win this game, and they did. Burrow, he's great. He's he's got high expectations. So I mean, they're not gonna win many games here, the Bengals, but this was a win to celebrate for them at home. Yep, they got one. So we'll see. Uh, you know, they, they have they're in a pretty competitive division. So we'll see how they they play. They end play up doing at, against those. Oh teams. my god, they play at Baltimore next week. That might be Burrow's worst game ever. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's definitely not looking good. But nope. uh, Haskins Haskins performed well this week. So that's true. He had we'll three hundred yards against should. the Ravens. Day. Yeah. So we'll see. All right. How about? The Giants at the Rams. Uh, the Giants, no wins. Their offense is absolutely Abys- disgusting, especially without Barkley. Uh, they just look horrible. I mean, they look they look terrible. Yeah, I mean, the Giants, you drafted Daniel Jones in fantasy, but they don't even score points anymore. It looks like you've gotten every prediction wrong that you, you thought I was going to be wrong or anything, but that's why you're sitting at 0-4 and, and I'm sitting at 3-1. and 1. <laughs> Yeah, I, okay, when you describe it like that, it does sound pretty bad. My fantasy roster is good. I believe in it still. I know. It's just, I like, I look, I have Josh Allen as my QB. I don't have Daniel Jones. Screw him. He sucks. Saquon tore his ACL. I didn't expect that to happen to him. So <laughs> I, 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 I fixed the, Jan- Daniel, Jones the Daniel Jones can't Jones even, it's, I don't know how. It looks like he got worse from last year. Like, wasn't this team supposed to be better? Like, why, why isn't Evan Ingram like good anymore? Any of these players, they're supposed to be good. What happened to this yeah. team? All eyes have been on Gase and the Jets, and it's taken away from how bad the Giants are. Yeah, the Giants been, are just but- as bad. They had nine uh, points back-to-back games. 
They've had 47 points through four weeks. You're not going to win scoring nine points a game. I mean, granted, the Rams scored 17. So good news for the Giants' defense. I mean, it actually played pretty well against the Rams' offense at home. But Yeah, their defense I don't know. was supposed to be absolutely terrible. It was supposed to be way worse than, than their offense. And it's been the opposite, at least through the past few weeks. Yeah, the Rams are 3-1. and one. I mean, Seahawks still sit atop of the division. They're the best team in the NFC, I think. But... Jones only had 190 yards. I mean, I remember I was watching this game. He had a, uh, he had a potential game-time drive, but he threw a really bad interception near the goal line. So, I mean, that's on, that's on him. That's not on anyone else. He, was, he got them down the field into the red zone. He turned it over. So, that's, on, that's just him being bad. It has, does nothing to do with Joe Judge or any of the coaches. Yeah, two straight uh, low-scoring, sluggish games out of the Giants, both against the Bears and the Rams. All right. They play the at Bills. Dallas next week, so that's going to be an interesting game. Can they reel off a win against the Cowboys? I don't know. Can They cannot score with the Cowboys. Probably not. Probably no. not. All right. Bills, they went to the, to the Death Star to play John Gruden, Derek Carr, and the, and the Raiders. And the Bills won again. Josh Allen, three total touchdowns again. They are just continuing to be excellent uh, on both offense and defense, and they... Are undefeated, folks. The Buffalo Bills. Yeah, Diggs had over 100 yards. It seems like now through the first four weeks, we we sort of it worked out for both teams. The Bills got Diggs; they want him. And Jefferson has been pretty good with that pick that the Bills gave away. So I mean, it's working out for both teams. The receivers, at least. Yeah, Josh Allen MVP candidate. They're four and zero. We both take them to win the division. We're gonna keep saying this, but. Yeah, maybe they, maybe they could challenge maybe Baltimore, the Chiefs in the playoffs. They have a high, definitely a very high ceiling if Josh Allen keeps playing like this. He's becoming yeah, matchup I mean, they, proof. They've looked better than Baltimore to start the year, at least. So Josh yeah. Allen has looked better than Lamar, also. So definitely, definitely the Bills encouraging. The Bills play the Chiefs on November or October fifteenth. That's week six on Thursday Night Football. So that's going to be a real taste of a potential playoff matchup, but it is in Buffalo too. So, yeah, we're going to see if the Bills can really challenge sort of the big boys in the NFL that week. Yeah, wow, we finally got a competitive Thursday night game. It only took however many however many weeks that is. Yeah, definitely. The The Thursday night game this week is Bucks bears <laughs> Both yeah, three and Tampa, one teams it's in Chicago. Tampa versus who knows at the QB. Falls probably. And that's going to bring us to the Sunday night game. Philadelphia in San Francisco playing Nick Mullins. You said he was the same thing as Jimmy Garoppolo last week. I was wrong. He got benched. He looked terrible. He threw what was the game-winning pick six to Philadelphia. It was right to the linebacker. It wasn't even, you know, the yeah. I don't even know what he was doing. He either was blind or it slipped out of his hands or whatever because that was really bad. Uh, and Philadelphia, they are sort of on their last legs when it comes to players on their team. Uh, Wentz was dropping touchdowns into people nobody has ever heard of. I think Darius Slay even uh, got banged up towards the end of this game. So they are continuing to lose players. Lane Johnson had to leave in the first quarter. So. Things are still not looking good for Philadelphia, but they lead the NFC East. They are one, two, and one. They are at the top of what they is are, the worst division. That was my football. pick to win the division. They're they're, they're getting it done because the Cowboys stink. <laughs> I also forgot to mention the Browns and Cowboys. I got that right. I said the Browns were going to upset the Cowboys and the Cowboys are going to let everyone down. They did. They almost got fifty freaking points to the Browns, and the Browns won. <laughs> 
Yeah, good job. Well, I'm six and zero. So how are we talk about yeah. this game? Yeah, we both thought the Forty Niners would easily win this game, but we were dead wrong. The Eagles actually played better than them. Maybe Mullins is bad, but Kittle had 183 yards in this game. Kind of crazy, and 15 receptions. I mean, yeah, the Forty Niners. Let's go. They're two and two. They're bad. Them and the Cardinals will two, Seahawks two games ahead of them now. Yeah, things are looking good for the Seahawks in that division. Wentz, he's looked, you know, decent. He looked okay. He looked okay. Game. He got a rushing touchdown in the first yeah, drive. He, he's been better since the beginning of the year. And the 49ers, I mean, I guess that's what happens when you play the Jets and the Giants back-to-back. You can look like uh, an excellent team and then come back. And when you even play a team like the Eagles, which has not been good, uh, you can look much worse. That's That's sort of the level that the Jets and the Giants are on. All right, well, we're going to wrap up the show in a second. But we have to crown our bona fide scrub of the week. Who are we going to give it to? Are we going to give it to Anthony Davis for scoring 15 points in a finals game and losing? Yeah, Anthony Davis. I mean, we expect him to score 30 a game and carry LeBron, but he didn't show up in this game, and he allowed Jimmy Butler to just snatch a game away from the Lakers. So it is Anthony Davis. If he wants to be finals MVP, he cannot have a 15-point game. Well, maybe they'll just hand it to LeBron. Uh, they'll look back at this game and say, oh, well, AD is the reason why they lost this game or something. And just hand it to LeBron if they win the finals to Lakers. Yep, I knew it. I knew LeBron was going to win finals MVP, whether they, whether AD has to choke for it or not. They're just going to give it to him. Yep. All right, well, that has been episode 40. Episode 40. Of the bona fide yeah, wow. I can't believe sixty more to hundred forty episodes in. Uh, thank you for making it to the end. If you did, please leave a rating on the show. We are at the time of recording one away from one hundred, so approaching two milestones here uh, as we close down the show. Um, you can follow us on Instagram at the bona fide scrubs. You can follow us on Twitter at bona fide scrubs. All that stuff. Follow us on Spotify. Blah blah blah. Anything else, Noah? No. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Bye. Peace.